Welcome to Every Horror Movie on Netflix, the show where we watch, discuss, and review every horror movie on Netflix. And sometimes argue about them. And sometimes argue about them. And I'm... You guys, I can't remember who I am. Who am I? (laughs) I cannot pick that ball up for some reason. Honey, let's just put you to bed. (laughs) I put things to sleep for a living. Let's put you back to bed. Well, I know who I am. I'm Patrick Flying Portobello Dunn. You're Chris Slat. Are the I nicknames going to stack? Great. Episode, episode. I feel like we need a third for this one. Yeah, yeah, we do. You're Patrick he, Flying Portobello Turbo Dog Dunn. He couldn't remember. Turbo Dog. He couldn't remember go. the third. I couldn't. Yeah, I don't remember what my third nickname is. I'm Elizabeth. I'm, I'm <laughs> Steven, and that's all I remember at this point. Yeah, guys, I can't remember what movie we watched this week. I wish I couldn't remember, but uh, I do. We watched Amnesiac with Kate Bosworth, and uh, I wanted to say Skeet Ulrich, but no, it's the the creepy guy from American Beauty. What's Wes his name? Bentley. Wes Bentley. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's who he is. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking poor man's Bradley Cooper the whole movie. <laughs> Very poor man. He's not that good looking. Yeah. He's pretty good looking. Okay, it's coming back to me now. It's coming back to me. Do you need more morphine? Always. Some ketamine, maybe? Hmm. <laughs> Electroshock therapy? Demerol. Holy fucking shit, this joke has gone too far. Well, listen, <laughs> folks, further, listeners, fans, and haters alike, we watched Amnesiac, a movie that opens with uh, a young couple and their, uh, their daughter in the backseat of a car. Period piece, right? They're in a Period kind piece. Of sweet old Very sentimental. Yeah, soft music is playing. They're driving down a winding road. It's like a bad Todd Haynes movie, I think. I don't know who that is. I don't know, but Patrick's you're probably phone, right. But he knows who that is. No, I know who it is. I didn't. I don't. I disagree. But okay. Sweet car, baby blue. I don't know. What, I think it's a Cadillac. No, actually, okay, that was a dank joke, Steve. Good job. And unfortunately, the driver, the man, glances back to check on his daughter at the wrong time. Wrong time. Goes across the center line, smashes into like a rock or a telephone pole. <laughs> it was definitely a telephone pole. Okay. <laughs> you imagine smashing into like a rock. I can't remember. I don't feel like it was that clearly I didn't shown. See a telephone I, pole. I, I, didn't I thought see it was just like he pole. sees something and it's like ah, and then there's blood and glass, and then he wakes yeah. up. It's in, unclear what crashes. He wakes the... up in bed in this like palatial estate. He's got this whole giant cacophonous room to himself. And he's being taken care of by a woman who claims to be his wife. She's his wife, but he doesn't remember anything. Well, she was in the car in the opening scene. She was next to him in the car. And this, a good opening for a horror movie. However, I will say, I have seen The Vow, one of my favorite movies, Rachel McAdams and Channing Tatum, which operates on the same premise, car crash, and the woman loses her memory and has no memory of her husband. I mean, the- is it played for horror? No, it is played for love, and it's done beautifully, but I think it could be equally played for horror, which it's done here, unfortunately, not very well. The the concept of an amnesiac great. Is, is great for fiction. You can take it in a million different ways. It is a little bit played out at this point. Well, but Memento is like the, the be-all and end-all of movies about amnesiacs. Because it's a new moment of amnesia every five minutes, yeah. 
But uh, this is played for horror because he's in this house with this woman who is claiming to be his wife. And there just is something vaguely off about the situation. And you become increasingly suspicious that he's being gaslighted into thinking that she's his wife and that he's actually a prisoner. And the tension builds from there. And this man tries to solve the mystery of who he is and why he's there and what's going on in this house. See, maybe I'm just naive, but in the when when she first came into the bedroom right after the accident and was sort of tending to him, I think my instinct was oh this is actually his wife and she's actually taking care of him and i don't know where the movie is going from here but i said to elizabeth as we were watching i was like oh she's totally plotting against him that's going to be the big twist but i mean no that's like almost immediately you 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 receive intimations that she's clearly like all is not right like she's trying to fuck with him but what occurred to me was like it would kind of be more interesting if you were wondering what her motivations were for a longer period of time I had some serious problems with this movie, and the first is that initially I was like, I assumed that that was his wife. Eventually we're going to have to get into deeper territory and like spoil this whole thing and what actually happens, but I was even left unsatisfied by the ending. Like, I don't know. Like, well, mm. what this really is is like, this guy doesn't have any, it's genuine. He's not fucking around. He doesn't have any memory. He doesn't remember his name. Yeah. He doesn't remember whether or not he had kids, whether or not he was married, whether or not there were cats. There are cats in this house, and he doesn't remember having cats. That alone is like interesting for a minute, and we just kind of ride that note for the entire film. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. this movie did nothing f- to build sympathy for this guy other than flaunting this ridiculous predicament that he's in. I mean, for the first act, there are so many, there's so many repetitions of the cycle where he wakes up in bed, she's not around, he gets out of bed, limps around mm-hmm. in his cast, limps down the stairs, finally encounters her. She's like, honey, you should be in bed. That happens so many. Like, I wanted this to. There be- are maybe three repetitions of that cycle with nothing really moving the plot forward. He often like investigates an object or something, or tries to open a door. It reminded me of like a survival horror game, like a Resident Evil game or a Silent <laughs> Hill, where you're stuck and you don't know how to proceed, and you're just kind of walking through the same rooms, trying doors, and it's like this is locked, and it just happens again and it's again. It's so you know, and slow the way he just like explores these rooms, and it's like no get. To to the good stuff like give me like 30 seconds of him fumbling around and then like suddenly she's coming back home and he's got to run back to it like misery is a thing i thought about often yes. in this movie or gerald's game yes. which does it even better than misery did well i have two things to say patrick uh the first is chris i completely agree with you i was playing uncharted last night actually and i'm fucking nice. bad at uncharted nice. And so, as I was trying to solve one of the many puzzles, eventually the game gave up on me, and the little box came up that said, would you like to solve the puzzle? And you can check yes or no. And And the first time it came up, I was like, no, tell it no, tell it no. And then, like, we tried to figure it out for, for like, like, five more more minutes. minutes. And I I felt exactly like that box should be popping up on the screen of this movie. Well, it basically (laughs) does. I mean, we're not going to talk about it now, but ultimately, basically, there's some cats who just paw at a door, and they're like, do you want to solve the mystery? Yeah. Right, right. It's exactly like that. And um, the other thing I have to say is just that this movie is a classic example of not enough plot and trying to fill time, you know? And it's just, I'm getting fucking tired of this shit. You know, if you don't have a movie to make, I'm with you. Don't make a movie. This could have been a short, this could have been in the ABCs of death, frankly. 
This movie that's is so this true. Movie that's is a, great a point. premise and nothing else. That's a great yes. point. Yeah. Yeah, this would have been one of the best entries in the ABCs of Death if they had, had it shortened it to like six, seven, totally. eight minutes. Totally. I could take and, what exists and do that, and it would still be bad because ultimately it does not end in a satisfying way. Well, pro- well yeah, I mean. But anyway, that's just, you know, it's just frustrating. And, you know, off the bat, I mean, when he comes out of his, he opens his eyes and he's in this empty room in a big bed. He does have uh, one of those things that you hold at the hospital with like like, an IV IV pole. But there's nothing else in the room, and it's clearly not a hospital. And you know right off the bat, I mean, you're in a car crash, even if it's 1954 or whatever fucking year it's technically is well we gotta talk about we'll that. talk about that but you're in a hospital when you wake up from a from being in a coma you're not at home resting you're in a hospital so right off the bat you're like well you know something's off yeah i guess um but you know what? i just gotta say one of my greatest fantasies in life is mm. to wake up and realize i've i'm emerging from a coma and i have amnesia and there's a beautiful woman who's like hey i'm glad you're up i'm your wife and have you seen there's like i don't know i i want to believe they're real but have you seen like the youtube videos of like guys waking up from anesthesia and they don't remember their wife for a minute oh i would love to see that (gasps) oh my god that sounds better than vets coming home videos or better than the like colorblind glasses or they like cochlear implants if if you want if you want i could like find one pull up we could play it yeah let's do it i just don't know if you should be filming people when they wake up from anesthesia Probably not, but they did it for some reason. Anyway, so here, watch this thing. <laughs> this might be shit. It's it's some chicken soup for the soul stuff. You know, it went viral. Whatever. I can't see it. Whatever. All right. <laughs> All right, so Tim Heidecker. Man, you are eye candy. <laughs> Whoa. Hey, you I'm... be the prettiest woman I've ever seen. Are you a model? Nope, I'm gonna be right here with you. You eat the Who cracker. Are you? What's your name? My name's Candace. I'm your wife. You're my wife? Yeah. Holy shit! <laughs> Dang. Cute, right? So cute. Anyway, that that's is cute. That is cute. It's cute. Anyway, so that's that's my fantasy. Warming the cockles well, of my heart is always Chris. Yeah. That's nice, Chris. Thank you. Yeah, great job, Chris. Well, back to this movie. Well, first of all, he's not happy enough that she's his wife. <laughs> no, no, he seems unsettled from the beginning. Which, good for him, but still. Right, he has a right to be skeptical. Again, I wish I would have seen more of like a misery-level suspense thriller going on where like he's like... He's bound in bed, but he finds, like, really smart ways to get out of it. And that's not really what happens. Like, she, kind of, she's very, like, lackadaisical about what he discovers. Like, she just kind of leaves willy-nilly, and he's like, well, I think my leg's broken, but I'm not sure because I have a cast on, and I can't walk with it anyway, and, like, walks around the house. And, like, every time he does it, it takes a while. It takes a couple of minutes that could have easily been cut out, but he'll find something that's like, ooh, there's evidence that there's something wrong here. You know, the cats are pawing at a door, and there's a voice, or I see somebody behind a door, but I can't get to it in time. This goes on for, for far too long. I mean, it is presumably his house. Like, he sees someone walk, a shadow, like, move through a room, and he's like, I saw someone in that room, and she's like, you didn't she walks into it and comes back out with the cat and she's like oh it's just the cat 
I mean, if that was my house, yeah, good enough for he me. Doesn't I would know. go walk into the room. I'd be like, there, "No, honey. I mean, there was a person in this room, and that's a problem." But you know? he doesn't. He the thing I do like about this premise, even though I think it is a shitty premise for a movie, he doesn't believe. He doesn't know that this really is his house or this is his wife. He's constantly in question. Like something is off here. I don't. I don't know what it is, but like I don't recognize this place. I don't recognize this woman. I never had cats. I never wanted to have kids. So it kind of works against the the suspense of the film that like when these revelations do happen, it's not like oh my whole reality is being challenged right now. It's like like I thought it was just us, and I'm figuring out who I am. But like there seems to be somebody behind that door. An interesting movie would be. A man wakes up from amnesia and he has all those same thoughts and he just realizes all the compromises he's made in his marriage. Oh. Great movie. Yeah. Well, I, it's not, called, not far from what we ultimately get to at the end of this film. Not but, too far. Well, you know, what is, I think, frustrating is that he is having flashbacks. We, we see him dreaming and sleeping and stuff and he's having flashbacks of the accident that continue to reveal what we believe is sort of more information. Like, you see a little bit more about the accident each time. I don't know. But it's not. Because we I see expected the whole more of a thing. structure. Yeah, like, I thought that it was going to be like, we're, every time it's, yeah, every time he has this flashback, like, a little more is revealed, and you kind of think that, well, you'd, it, it's useless. A little bit more is revealed to him, or he recalls yeah, a little bit but more. But really, it's us. all shit that we've seen in the beginning. Yeah, it's which, useless to us. That's not true. I mean, there's a little more revealed each time. We learn a little more about the aftermath of the accident than we originally saw. Mm -hmm. And it's all through his perspective. That's one thing that I did find effective is that he slowly remembers things about the accident, but he doesn't remember what happened before the accident, which kind of comes in the twist, which we'll talk about in the spoiler room. So speaking of effective things, I was drawn in at the beginning of this movie. Uh, I thought that the opening kind of old-timey film stuff and the sentimental music was good. This movie, I don't know if it had more of a budget or if it just worked better with what it had, but this movie has pretty high production values throughout. It looks good. It's, it it's looks great. It does movie. look good. Uh, production design is amazing. Costuming is interesting. Um, and you know, I was, I was drawn into the mystery at first before it just became the same thing over and over and over again. Like something that was very weird though was the time setting. Yeah, of this puzzling. Movie. What was yeah. your guys' take on that? Well, I mean, since we're worried about spoilers, I don't know if I can say, but like, there's a scene where she goes to a drugstore, and I'm like, this is a, this looks like a backwoods drugstore, but like, there are modern products on display here. I was very confused as to whether or not this was actually a period piece or not. Well, let and me I, start. At the I beginning. wish that Whoa. it had not been. He wakes up in this room, which is a large room. He's in a hospital bed, and it's clearly kind of an old-fashioned thing. And then the wife comes in, and she's dressed like a 50s or 60s housewife. Everything looks like it's set in the 50s and 60s. Their car was like a 50s or 60s car. Except he's got a medical apparatus, which is a little bit more recent than that. And he's got some plastic tubing and stuff, which looks super modern, like oxygen. And so I'm thinking, what's going on here? And I thought that was a clue to me as a viewer that he's being gaslit into thinking he's living in the 50s or 60s. I thought the same thing, and we are just too smart for this movie, because it is it is a period piece. There's no mistake about it. Like, the, no. where, where it takes place in time... No. I disagree. I disagree, yeah. too. And that's what's so frustrating about it, because they play this It's very games. clearly articulated, eventually, that I, it is modern age. I was writing notes like Comey on this bitch, and... <laughs> 
because every time I saw a new clue about when this movie takes place, I would write it down. I was on my phone looking up like when like African Americans were first integrated into yeah, the police dude, force. Yes, yes, yes. Because okay, so we should explain the context of this. That we see him in the bed, and there's definitely a question for a long time. I literally wrote down when does this take place because the car they're in is very old. The costuming, at least for for her, is very period, as you noted. And then we cut to. Uh, this police detective who becomes a recurring character and he seems very much modern day or at least to the degree where I was like as you said I was like did they have black police officers in the 50s or 60s I was starting to question but as it goes along I mean he's clearly a modern day police officer how clear like explain to me why that's why that's clear how that is made clear well, his attitude and his mannerisms seem seem modern, but the office does not seem modern. He's he has got a landline. He waits phone. like five weeks. He's got there are a lot of landlines in this. Yeah, yeah. So, and then eventually, because the house that most of the movie takes place in is a hundred percent could be fifties, sixties. Yeah, it has a phone that you with the circular yeah, dialing mechanism. Phone. But eventually, it's referenced that the car that was driven in the opening scene. Someone references. Oh, it was. It hasn't been registered since the '60s, as though that's a strange thing. Yes, and then she eventually leaves the house to run errands, and we go with her, and she goes to a pharmacy, which is deliberately set up. It looks like it's old timey, but then it has some modern products in it. I disagree. So we all perceive this pharmacy differently. That seemed like this a modern was set pharmacy in the 50s, to me. There was not a like ten minute pregnancy test, right. in that pharmacy. But right. my question is. How does that pay off? It doesn't. This is why this it whole thing's so frustrating. Hold no, on. Yeah. I'm building a case. I'm like, here. I agree with yeah. you guys that like it seems You're like something's up. Right now. I expected like him to wake up and like finally remember what happened. Be like, oh, this bitch who thinks she's from the fucking fifties is like trapping me to be like to create this nuclear family with her with like two kids and a, a couple of cats. And that doesn't happen. It doesn't matter. Like, there might be a couple of references to, like, something is off with the timeline here. No, yeah. It is definitely modern day, but it is completely irrelevant, the fact that there are all these incongruous period details. I feel like it's just bad filmmaking. You guys are thinking too much about it. Well, no, I don't know. No, it is bad filmmaking. It's bad filmmaking. But she goes to a veterinary office, and the veterinary office is 100% picked because it looks like it's out of the 50s. Yes. It's the logo and everything. kind of stuff. But then she goes in, like, there's modern syringes and stuff that she's getting. But as she's going into the veterinary office, cars drive by that are late model cars. There's, like, 2017 Buicks driving on the street as she's going into the veterinary office. I mean, it is definitely intended to be said in the modern day. I don't know why else there would be that really conspicuous reference to the car has been registered since the and 60s. Then at one why point, else would that be a strange thing in a movie that's said in the 60s? In the I missed basement, that line, but like, I feel like it was like a mistake. They were like, no, we have to commit to this being a period film because there are no other details in this that say otherwise. Okay, but well, like, that you would agree that the production design is very deliberate throughout. I mean, who can say? Because I feel like this was one of the most like poorly paced movies I've ever seen. Well, it didn't we're not seem talking about like a, pacing. It didn't seem like a work of art. Like there was a lot of thought put into it. It felt like a like a for hire job that just happened very quickly. I don't think they knew what they were doing. I feel like that one line gives me hope that there's like an alternate version of the script where like something else is going on. But with the film, we're left with no. Well, it doesn't in matter. the basement, one of the books that she has on her shelf is a 1994 yearbook. Eagle-eyed viewers will notice a 1994 yearbook. But it doesn't matter because it doesn't pay off in any way. It doesn't. So basically we have a movie that's set in modern day where the production design is 100% like 1963. Yes. And it doesn't matter. 
And so that's just so like, frustrating. Why? Because right. that, be, that would be so... I mean, it wouldn't be fascinating, but it would be more interesting than what we're left with. Like, if, again, like, this woman is, for whatever reason, trapped in the social mores of, like, the 1950s and wants to have this nuclear family, so she's, like, orchestrating this scenario so she can have that and, like, doing whatever it takes yeah. to, like, I thought she was adopt other in the people's past. memories and, you know, abduct people and kill people, whatever she has to do to, like, have that vision that no longer exists and doesn't function in society. Yeah, I mean, we, but, ca- we we may not be able to agree on what time period this actually takes place in, but I think we can all agree it doesn't fucking matter. Yes. Like, there's no vision here, and it doesn't matter. In the yeah, end. it doesn't make sense, and the time period doesn't play into it at all. Yeah. But, well, I, I thought that perhaps, so, sort of what Steve said, this woman is very focused on having a nuclear family and yeah. on having children and very focused on sort of the traditional family unit. Right. And so I thought it was interesting that because throughout the movie she has a projector that she plays with old like family films and she has a, a photo album with old photos from presumably the 30s and 40s. And um, I just thought that maybe the time period stuff was done poorly but like it, it would have been interesting if like she and their house and their car and stuff had all been set in the 50s as like a traditional family type focus and then as soon as she stepped out into the outside world it was clearly modern but they yeah. seem to have missed that jump by not quite making it clear that the outside world was like present day and i think they tried to and they just didn't make it clear enough yeah. i mean honestly we keep uh, we kind of did this with American Poltergeist too, but there are also these kind of weird threads that keep showing up between these two movies. What this really reminds me of is Abattoir, where like it was completely mm-hmm. unclear what fucking time period it was in, and maybe oh this God, is yeah. just some weird artifact of uh, screenwriting and production design, not like talking to each right, other. Yeah. Are, d- not that's lining a up. great way to visualize it, like these departments that are involved in the same film just not communicating. Because like with Avatar, it did seem clear, especially knowing there's a graphic novel that it's supposed to be like a noir setting. So like, yeah, it makes sense that like the protagonist looks like Catherine Hepburn and like wears these like kitschy sort of outfits. In this movie, I don't know. Like I don't think anybody was talking to anybody else. Maybe Kate Bosworth just had a bunch of old things in her head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it really seems like that. You know, speaking of things that are in Kate Bosworth's head, remember... I think about that all the time. Yeah, you know, just something that really keeps all of us up at night. But her character's weird tick of, like, reciting fun facts about various completely irrelevant topics. So, I mean, one of the things she brought up at one point was uh, she, she just... Goes. And this is often when the husband, when when the main character is trying to remember something or ask her something or find yeah. out something, she distracts him with facts. And yeah. she'll and she'll ask these apropos of nothing questions like, "Did you know that the bottle cap is more expensive to produce than the bottle itself?" There, or did you know that the first electric can opener was de- or first can opener was designed fifty years after the first aluminum can? Yeah, it's like what? And there's no, never a, a reason given. I like that though. You know why? Because People she's have weird. weird. Quirks in movies all the time, and it adds but usually there's a reason for. No. It. Okay, she's weird. One problem I have with this movie that I have with so many of these movies that we've seen is that the performances are so 
lackluster. Like, I feel like these are actors who have been paid to just appear and deliver the lines. And they, they, they made no effort to get into their characters or develop relationships mm. with each other. Like, I had no problem with Kate Bosworth. I everybody, the, the whole, this whole movie is like, they're just like whispering to each other for like minutes on end. Well, you like, know, you guys are you this. guys are probably going to ream us out for it. But it was another movie where we turned the subtitles on because we couldn't fucking tell what people no, were I'm saying. No, I'm sure because the, and not only that, but like they're whispering to each other, even when they're talking about really dramatic shit i mean he's trying to figure out who he is and he still can't speak above a whisper for the entire movie and also the dialogue is so elliptical they just speak in these sort of like aphorisms to each other that don't make any sense so i mean if we're going to talk about performances i actually liked bosworth in this i thought she was creepy she more or less did what she needed to do Wes Bentley seemed like he was fucking sleepwalking for this whole shit well, he I was mean, on morphine the entire time i mean yeah but still you have to emote something you have to emote the struggle this character is going through and he seemed just catatonic for the whole thing and not in the sense that he's playing a character who's catatonic but he seemed like he was putting zero effort into well, this entire he was, he was playing endeavor. someone who's catatonic i think the problem is that <laughs> yeah, the, exactly, the yeah. whole movie the movie like you said stays on that catatonic beat for so long that we just get tired of it and we want to see something fresh out of him because yeah. like we as an audience get past where he's at before he does yeah. right he gets drugged every like 15 minutes or has electroshock <laughs> therapy yes. like of course he's like out of it for the entire thing but, so i mean i guess maybe see. the question is really we just want a protagonist who's something other than just morphine drugged constantly. yes and, and that brings up have- an interesting point i think because you can't just have you can't you have your protagonist there's a certain level that you can't put your protagonist at like a just drugged person is not a good (laughs) protagonist (laughs) and like it's sort of interesting because you would think that like doping someone up and having them be confused and lost and like puzzled might be good because you could like put yourself in their position and like imagine what that would be like but really at a certain point a just confused drug person is just not interesting. Yeah. Well, I think you can have that character, but you have to have an actor who still acts through that process. You know, I mean, you can have a character who is hindered by that, you know, morphine, I don't know. At whatever. Some point it's going to get old, though. I can't imagine any movie I would want to see where the guy's just drugged up the whole time, doesn't remember who he is the whole movie. That does work in, like, TV series or series where you have a known badass who is drugged up the whole movie, and then at the end you get to see him be a badass again. I like that. But... But I mean, you can you can depict the emotional struggle of trying to figure yourself out while also being chemically fucked up repeatedly. I mean, yeah. okay, let's all. I mean, we're giving Wes Bentley too much credit. He's. I mean, he is on morphine a lot of this movie, but this is the guy who watches, takes the video of the plastic up. bag in American Beauty. Is <laughs> yeah. that the guy? Yeah, yeah that guy. Amazing. It's amazing how old people get over twenty years when you're not watching. <gasps> Wait, that's him. Looks great, the one who though. looks at he the girl's fantastic. titties. Yeah, that's him. Amazing. Wow. I wonder and how he feels about played, Kevin Spacey. Uh, I don't know. He's in Hunger Games. He can't Games. remember. <laughs> he's in Hunger Games, yeah. Uh, well, no, I mean, this movie, it feels like they're filming in a house where there are, like, other tenants, and they have to just kind of, like, keep quiet for the entire time. <laughs> like, they can't, like, <laughs> It's just, just like, what? Like the, I, maybe they were. I mean, yeah, because all this period piece shit has to be motivated by something, and maybe it's that they posted for production designer on Craigslist, and someone was like, yeah, I'll do it at your price, but I only do 1963. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, this is probably not far from the truth. Yeah. Well, this movie... Okay, this amazed me. There's three sets in the whole film. 
and there's five people. This is the cheapest you could make this it could movie. Be a play. Yeah, it could be a play. Oh yeah, it would be a good play. Be a, maybe no, it'd be a terrible play, but <laughs> terrible cheap. anything could make this movie for cheap. Kate Bosworth probably got paid like two hundred thousand dollars, and the rest of the movie cost eight thousand dollars total. Well, I don't know what the movie cost, but I think it is a good, efficient use of whatever budget they have. Agreed. Like you said, they weren't wasting a lot of money on actors or sets, but I think there was nothing wrong with the actors or the sets. No. Um, and then the script. The script was the problem. And then they were able to put that money into things like the production design, which was better than a movie like this usually gets compared yeah. this to any of the other movies that we've watched really it looks great i mean like i mentioned todd haynes like it looks like like carol or mildred pierce it's got this like 50s oh, that's, look that's really yeah. generous that's I, really I'm, generous. I'm in a generous mood right now um the holiday season is upon us <laughs> how the often does of that happen um but it like it, there were moments where i was like this looks like as beautiful as those movies without the sort of like visual iconography that Todd Haynes uses to like structure his shots, but it like it had had a, feel, a nostalgic feel to it that the I liked. Cinematography didn't feel was cheap. good. Yeah, cinematography. There's a one shot I especially like where he's drugged up, cla- crawling across the floor, and the camera's tilted ninety degrees, so it looks like he's actually crawling yes, upwards. I like that. And I was like, that's something I haven't seen before. Strangely that, enough, that just reminded me of the old Batman TV show where they would <laughs> tilt the camera so they were like just walking yeah. on a floor, but it looked like they were crawling up a wall that just reminded me of train spotting Mm, mm -hmm. but i think they pulled their budget quite a ways on this so i I did like that i mean it was fine um what i will say is i think uh i I would like to see what the director does in the future this is one of those movies that had enough interesting elements uh well he's done quite a few films and they're mostly rotten on rotten tomatoes but the one that was notable for me is um, Big Sur by Jack Kerouac is one of my favorite books and I'd forgotten honestly that there was a film adaptation of Big Sur and and that I saw it that speaks to how great of a film it was it was uh, he he managed to make this like very torturous novel feel so hollow and so empty and so tedious mm. beautiful it's a great looking movie it evokes the setting that you picture reading this book and learning about the location but as far as the characters go and, and the plot, there's nothing to be had. And it made perfect sense that this movie was made by the same guy. Like, he's a visual guy. Hmm. And that's it. Well, that's that's sad. It is. Um, but I don't know. I think this was a better film than Big Sur. He's moving forward. So the big question throughout much of the first part of this movie is who the young girl is in the backseat of the car that happens during this accident. Right. right? Yeah. And the amnesiac hears her call out dad several times and wonders is she my daughter where is she he's he's damn near convinced that he's, she's yeah and like he, we don't even really doubt that and then what's her face the wife the whole movie is saying well no you don't have a daughter but we need to make a family right right and it's 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 but but, but there's clearly a daughter there and we and we wonder who that is and what it might be and this all is revealed uh sort of you know over, uh, towards the end of the film which we will reveal in the spoiler room right yeah but for First, Elizabeth, would you... No, I don't want to go first. I went first last time. I'll go first. Fuck it. Steve, would you view it, cue it, or screw it? Screw it. It's garbage. Well, like, garbage it's a, is a strong word. It's a strong word, and I I very strongly dislike this film. It, it felt like a total waste of time. It was like a, kind of like the last couple of movies we reviewed where like very little happens, and it takes a long time to get there, and I don't think there was enough at the core of this movie. There wasn't like a message or an idea beneath it all. It just felt like 
This is a plot exercise, and it's made very unskillfully. Looks beautiful. That's all I can say for it. Hmm. Chris, what do you think? I would also say screw it. I wouldn't call it garbage. There was a lot of stuff I liked. There was a lot of stuff I thought was done skillfully. But yeah, it's just a, it's just a waste of your time. I'm reminded of, you know, I, I read screenwriting advice and things like that. And they always talk about the problem of the second act. And a lot of mm-hmm. times you'll come up with your first act and your third act. But really, a, the bulk of a movie is in the second act. And what do you put there? And how do you keep the protagonist in interesting situations and you know do you really have a movie or do you have a concept for a short or you know a beginning of a movie or a subplot and this really fails on that uh rubric because this movie is just like i said one guy walking in circles drugged up making no progress and then the movie ends would you say it's forgettable I would say it's absolutely forgettable. All right. Patrick, would you view it, cue it, or screw it? I would screw it, and I would add to your criticism. I don't think there's a first act either. I think the first act is boring as fuck. I mean, it sets up something very briefly, and then he wanders around until the second act kind of just, you know, meanders in. I think maybe the most insightful comment made about this movie so far this episode is Elizabeth saying that it could have been a fucking chapter of ABCs of Death. It should have been a four-minute a is for amnesiac in and out and when we get to the spoiler room we'll get deeper but just the way this all pans out in the end i was just my my final assessment was just wow that was really fucking dumb yeah because when you have a movie about amnesia whether it's the born identity or memento or the vow or the vow i don't i haven't (laughs) seen the vow but like yeah the core question is what is this guy what is the what payoff? is the truth? It's what a quest for truth? truth. What's the truth? And, and why do we care? Is the most important question. And, and there better be a damn good answer. And when this movie drops the truth on you, you're like, you feel nothing. Right? <laughs> no, you're like, huh? I wasted an hour and a half for this. Literally, when the credits rolled, I think I said to Elizabeth, "Well, that was stupid." That was that was pretty much my whole reaction to this movie was that was stupid. Elizabeth, view it, cue it, or screw it. Screw it. That's all. Okay. Well, yeah. So that ending, which was very disappointing. It's hard for me to imagine an ending that could be more disappointing. Well, let's spoil it up. Like if they had said dinosaurs or something, something completely out of left field, it would have been more interesting. But we're going to talk about that in the spoiler room. Stick around or go watch Amnesiac. But don't forget to come back. Welcome back to Every Horror Movie on Netflix and our discussion of amnesiac. Amne- it's such a hard word to say. Amnesiac. Amnesiac. It's hard because amnesia, but then it's amnesiac. Amnesiac. But uh, over the break, Elizabeth and I were talking about how to save this movie and what the twist should have been. Yeah. And we decided that it should be you wake up after a car crash, you remember nothing, and you've forgotten that time travel exists. Yes. 
That would explain the time inconsistencies in this movie. You're in a 1963 house, but it's 1994, but you're actually in the Cretaceous period, and there's dinosaurs. And the reason why you got in a car accident is because you ran into a brontosaurus's leg. Brontosaurus stomped on your engine block. <laughs> Delightful. <laughs> it's going to be great. But yeah, that's a good, movie. That's a good concept. Movie. That's a good concept, because yeah, Steve was saying he doesn't think it's been done before. I think I that, don't. you know, because these movies are played out, and you know what's not played out? Waking up and not realizing that there's fucking time travel. Everyone wakes up and like, Who's my wife? Who's my husband? Do I have kids? Am I getting drugged? Yeah. And Whatever. so you're trying to figure out where when it is. Yeah. But it could be any time. Could be Wait, anytime. would the vow have been improved had that concept been introduced? Probably. It would have been the vow crossed with the time traveler's wife, which are two beautiful films, and they could have been even better if they were in the same movie. What we're left is the movie that ultimately mystery is not all that interesting. So as as the film goes on, Wes Bentley is kept locked in the house. He keeps trying to escape very slowly and very um, I wouldn't even say methodically, kind of lazily, just like opening doors. He's like, oh, can uh, I get out? But like when people come to visit the house, heartedly. He's a perfect way to describe it. He's just like he he's he doesn't he's I guess he's doped up. He doesn't have the energy to try and find he his doesn't. way out or, that's or, I feel like that again is giving this film too much. Yes, credit. it is. Look, look, it is look, absolutely look, look. But Steve, back me up. This film escalates quickly when like the postman comes to the door. I okay. I will say it escalates quickly, but not there. Because one thing that really bothered me about this movie is how like I fucking hated the sheriff. Was it the sheriff? Black or dude? The, the, yeah. Who, like, what was he was he? just a detective. Laziest, most like uncaring person. Well, I he has people. In he's in a one-horse town. He's got people out there doing police stuff. He's just kind of coordinating with them. And he's like, yeah, what? Someone like go missing and get murdered and get tied to a bed? Honestly, not in my town. How many I'm people gonna... have to... Like, this seems like a small town. How often does this happen? Why doesn't he get off his fucking ass? I was frustrated that the police force in this small town is so ineffective that it took this long to realize that like people are disappearing left and right and it all seems to be centered on this house like why doesn't this lazy ass fucking cop just go out there and look at it himself again I come back to he can't even answer his own phone yeah it, it would make sense it made me so frustrated if the movie took place in 1963 yes. when you don't have the technology and stuff you do today to know where people were when they fell off the face of the earth he was actually my favorite character in the movie he was my favorite performance in the movie he had charisma Charisma? I yeah, I definitely I, I actively that hated this person. Well, I, that's because you. That's is so that because you hate cops, or is that because you hate this person? No, because he was just like he <laughs> just seemed like this like he just seemed like such a shitty like like he was terrible at his job. He just seemed like he didn't care about anything. He was just sort of like laying around his office, like ordering people around when he could easily be doing something himself. And it's but frustrating because there is a moment too where like uh, there's a postman who uh, the woman kills because he like knocks on her door to deliver a package, and she's just like he's supposed to ring twice. Yeah, but he knocks. <laughs> he knocks. Okay, what? Christ. <laughs> But okay, that seems pretty standard, though. This guy is in charge of a bunch of people, and he has a an officer who's reporting to him in one scene. I don't know. His, his position is never clear, but, like, he is in charge. But he seems like he doesn't care either way, which is my problem. I'm like, I want this mystery solved. I want to find out what happened to this guy. We'll get into it in a minute. Like, it feels like there are records that should have made it very clear what is going on here. But, like, he just doesn't really seem to care. Like, people are dying, and he just, like, can't even be bothered to answer the phone or, like, like really give, like, concrete orders to his But really, officers. that's not the case. He's just first puzzled by this weird car crash. So it's not like... I mean, it's not as extreme as you're making it sound, I guess. 
Well, okay. I was like, there has to be a mystery to be solved here that will be interesting to me. The one guy who's in charge of actually making sure that happens doesn't seem to give a fuck and is like aggressively lazy. And that made me even more impatient with this movie, even when he actually shows up at the house toward the end. Well, that might be because of why I liked him. Because I liked him because I saw him as a plot development utility. And to have him not progressing the plot in these scenes you see him in, that might infuriate someone like Steve. Certainly, because this movie doesn't have anything else going on aside from, like, what is happening? What doesn't he remember? Is this his wife? And the agent that is supposed to make that clear doesn't have any interest in doing so. Because just about the time we get really fucking bored with him meandering this house is when they introduce the cop. Or we're ready for something to yeah. happen. We're ready for something to happen by the time the cop gets involved. Yeah, I mean, really, the cop is the only agent of plot movement in this movie. Like, nothing would happen if not for this cop, honestly. Yeah, true. Well, so what happens? I mean, we might as well explain where it ends. How does this all tie together? So, long story short, the postman comes, gets killed, unbeknownst to the husband. Husband, while the wife is out of town, explores the house finds the basement, finds a dead guy who's, I guess... Her first husband. Her first husband. And she's like, oh, you knew that, honey. It's cool. It's part of our relationship. But that more was absurd. Im- but more importantly, sees, like, a weird figure, like, rattling the bars of a cage behind a curtain. Which, which is, is never a explained. small girl that turns out to be his daughter. Yeah, eventually they go down there. After she kills another cop and all that stuff, they go down there, sees this girl in the cage. And, and this is the girl that was in the back seat of the car when they were driving at the beginning. Well, yeah, but you don't know that till later. But at, at that moment, he doesn't take that juncture to fucking run. That's the moment where it's like, oh, and he finds like torture tools. It's like Jigsaw's workshop. That's down the there. moment where you're where you go, uh, yeah, I may be an amnesiac, but this is but, not the but right I situation remember to be. Nine one one. I remember you not But once again, he is just passive as fuck and allows her to I, oh that's when she electroshocks him i think right he does get electroshock therapy, therapy with veterinary i like the little the little rabbits on the yeah that's things like that was kind of fun because she got it from the i mean when shit's office, happening but, like that not a bad movie I, I mean other than like the logical things like why don't you investigate this more you know, or why is this so fucking boring like, yeah, but like when he's getting electroshock therapy, that part's not boring, you know. There's there's some glimmers of light in this movie. But I mean, I mean it's it, hard it to be bored watching a person get like shocked. Like, <laughs> no, <laughs> it's, it's actually but, it's actually gripping, but nothing comes of it. He's electroshocked, and it's nothing comes of it. It's the same way as a jump scare. It's an extended jump yeah, scare. Yeah, that's all it is. Like, it's not tied to character development or to plot. It's just like this is happening now and this looks uncomfortable so I can't help but like sit forward in my seat a little bit and hope that something comes of this. He doesn't lose any memory. His mental state doesn't change in the least. Later in the movie, as Elizabeth mentioned, he ends up getting a lobotomy for what reason? Almost. Well, yeah, it's because it's been difficult. It's because he almost gets a lobotomy. He's finally like, okay, you're not my wife. This is, you're up to no good. You're killing people and shit. They're down in the basement. She ties him up to like the electric chair. She's going to give him a lobotomy. She's got the girl out of the cage. It's clear that her master plan is to gaslight him and the girl into being this nuclear family that she seeks so much and that they have to 
role play they have to larp the 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 roles of husband and daughter or she's gonna you know electroshock them until they do or lobotomize them etc and turns out like the most disappointing hold on we're not to the twist because yeah then there's some action whatever the girl stabs somebody someone stabs the girl all this random nonsense and then he ends up what he ends up knocked out again for some reason he and his quote-unquote wife get into a fight in the bathroom and he bashes her over the head or etc etc they both knock each other out the daughter escapes cut to he's in the hospital he's in a real hospital this time yes there's a like max von sidow doctor who shows i thought up. it was i was so hoping it was ian mckellen based on the profile as Man, he was walking in wait okay can <laughs> i speak some german can i take one step back for one second no, i know i absolutely not <laughs> um the lobotomy, I mean, so many examples of Wes Bentley just sleepwalking through this whole thing, but that scene where he's being lobotomized There's and no has s- no reaction at all. Oh, She's yeah. about to jam an ice about, pick yeah. into well, his fucking... To be fair, oh, he has leather socket. straps over his face. Yeah, but still, no, you can still have that and like, still be like... Mm. You know, yeah, like, no there should be an think acting about, um, response there. Think about Mission Impossible 3, the beginning, with yeah. Tom Cruise is stacked to a did. chair and he's shaking and shit yeah. and screaming. She and did Wes Bentley literally sits this, there. Uh, yeah, but you know what? That's not I an know excuse. it's not a good excuse. <laughs> I'm just saying. That's, that's the tactic this movie I uses, too. I was just sitting there like, why are you not responding to the mo-? I mean, really, the most physically horrifying moment of this movie. There's nothing more horrifying, really, than having an ice pick ice pounded pick into your eye, eye socket. Anyway, sorry about that, but that was just, that hit me so hard I couldn't step back to it. No, I totally agree. I'm glad you brought that up. After all this shit goes down, he wakes up in a hospital. He's back in the hospital, and our cop friend's there, and he has the file, and shit. Who who wants to explain the so-called twist? Because I don't. Well, I thought the twist was disappointing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Mm-hmm. Because the twist is, the woman is really his wife. Yeah. Total downer. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Everything was actually as it seemed. <laughs> they agreed together to kidnap the young girl for her for, for yeah. her for ransom money because she was the daughter of because some rich. she was the daughter of a rich guy. Yeah, and the car accident. This was a confusing part. The car accident really did happen, and the girl in the back seat wasn't calling him dad. She was saying, "I want my dad. I want my dad." But the really puzzling thing is, the girl in the back seat's fucked up. He's fucked up. The Kate Bosworth wife jumped from the car. Jumped from the she she quote was thrown from the car. Jumped from the car. I don't know. Completely uninjured. So she's fucked up too, presumably. Because why else would she orchestrate? Well, they were kidnapping her to pay for Kate Bosworth's fertility treatment. Right. They were paying. Yeah. And so then I guess Kate Bosworth just decided to sort of like I don't get. Like I still don't get. So. The, so, the objective changes yeah, from the, the ransom changes. plot to we're just going to make this girl oh, our daughter. Yeah. No, no, no. So what happens is Wes Bentley, before the crash, he expresses to her that he's not okay yeah, with this. because he doesn't want to kidnap the girl. So I think that like something happened after the crash, she realizes, like, oh, when he wakes up, he's going to realize what happened, and like we're kind of fucked if he doesn't go so with I the plan. So I can't show him this girl that we have kidnapped. Because I she guess. was just like a baby, yeah, I guess. baby crazy wife, and he was... Well, I guess I'll go along with your scheme, honey, so that you can have a kid. I mean, they make it out to that the 
main character is like a career criminal with his wife. Like they, he obviously knows about she's murdered her first husband. He's in this like ransom extortion plot, kidnapping plot. He's driving and like he's vaguely uncomfortable with it. But I'm sorry, vaguely uncomfortable is not good enough for. Like, yeah, like after you kidnap someone, you can't be like. Oh, honey, I don't know about this. Like, that doesn't excuse you. Yeah. I mean, that's like a scene from a John Waters movie, what you're describing. It's like, I don't know it about this. Count. And then they go home and, it yeah. doesn't count. And so the cops basically tell him all this, and because he has amnesia, he do- he forgets the only thing you should ever remember in the situation, which is that you want a lawyer. And <laughs> <laughs> so they just lay out the case, and they're like, yeah, you're fucked, dude. And he's like... Fuck. He's got, yeah. Does he even say anything? He's he, got no response. Well, no, because no. he has three lines this whole movie. It's like, that's a hard pill to swallow. Chris, it if left. you were in that hospital bed and the detective walked in and started saying that to you, what would the first words out of your mouth be? Am I being detained? Yes. I have a good closing question for the podcast. but the, So then here's the thing that makes zero sense. So nothing's made too much sense. But here's something that makes no sense. Doctor leans over the bed. <laughs> Speaks to him in French. Yeah, what the fuck? He's he says. I forgot about he that. He says, "I don't understand." The audience says, "Neither do we." I thought this the movie doctor took place in California. The doctor leaves. Okay, spoiler alert: time travel again. It's eighteen fifty-five France. Um, <laughs> doctor leaves. Detective comes in. Is like, "You're a kidnapper. You're fucked. You're going to the guillotine. You're going, you're going to the guillotine. Marie Antoinette's going to chop you." Then he's laying in bed, dazed look on his face as per usual. <laughs> a nurse comes in. It's his wife. It's the and wife. It, it's Kate Bosworth. It's Kate Bob. Kate. Bleh, it's Kate Bosworth. In a forties nurse uniform, like crisp white with the little hat. And she which, which again him. introduces new doubt at, at the absolute last minute, like bottom of the ninth inning. All of a sudden, doubt again about. What where time is period this and is. Also, and where what is happened? he? And what happened? Like, People- is she really his wife? The thing, another reason I hate this cop, I was so frustrated with this cop, is like, at one point, you know, he's explaining the story to Wes Bentley, and he's like, do you know who you are? And he's like, no, I can't remember my name. He's like, do you know who your wife is? And he's like, I don't know if that's my wife or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, well, but she did this. And then the cop says, well, she hasn't been found. I'm like, she's working at the fucking hospital. It, like, it no, be, no, she's not working there. She just was imposturing about. She appears, but like they she don't comes seem in to like know. Heath Ledger, but when he's he, wearing, but yeah. Like, yeah, that's exactly what she. When does. he says that, like she hasn't been found, it seems implied that like they don't know who this woman is that he's talking about. And I'm like, okay, there was a car crash. There should be documentation about that. A child went missing. We know who that is. We should know who the two people involved are. So, like, the one of them owns the house. The, one of them owns the house, and it's like they can't figure out the identity <laughs> Find of this the woman. Escrow. So, like, <laughs> it just drove me crazy because I'm like, it seems like again, a lawyer should be involved because, like, there's clearly some like very concrete evidence of like what these people's relationships are to each other, and the cop is just like fucking with this guy, <laughs> like trying to like make him second guess himself after Vinny has amnesia and he's been knocked out. Like almost lethally twice over the course of yeah. this yeah, movie. Yeah, and this cop keeps being like, "Don't you remember?" Don't, not, it's like yeah. clearly not, not a legal interrogation. No, no, it's illegal. like no, I don't remember, and I don't know who anybody is or who I can trust. Oh. Like, just uh, I feel like Wes Bentley should have had like the presence of mind to be like, "Look, who's my wife? What's her name? 
Give like, it to me straight. Give it to me straight. Like, tell me what you know about me because I don't know anything right now. <laughs> and immediately after that, Kate Bosworth shows up and euthanizes him, and that's the end of the movie. <laughs> yeah. It's so the most abrupt. Matters. It's such an abrupt ending. Is this she shows no, wait, up, is and this, the whole audience wishes that they too had been euthanized. Exactly. There's this whole. Um, so th- I don't know if you heard that there's uh, like a Nurse Ratchet like prequel movie coming out on is Netflix. There? What? Like. I wonder if like this you, was like a trial fan fiction. No, this is real. I wonder if this was a trial run for it. Oh, oh, you mean there's Jesus. actually a Nurse Ratched prequel that's not related to this movie, but right. Oh, that's gonna be sweet. Yeah, I wish I knew like who plays Nurse Ratched. We can find out if something and pull it up. Um, I think it's made I for Netflix. I disagree about anyway, it being sweet. <laughs> but like th- this feels like very much like probably like that that movie is gonna look very similar to this. I think. And I mean the the reason she euthanizes him is there's been this running line, this running thing, and and again we don't really get a real sense of what her actual background is. Presumably she she's works a at a veterinary yeah. clinic, and she repeatedly says to him, "Honey." What, what is she? I, I, I put, put I put things, things to, sleep. to sleep and they don't wake up. And they don't yeah. wake up. And that's what she says to him before she actually euthanizes. Sarah him. Paulson to be Nurse Ratchet. No fucking oh, way. Okay. Are you kidding me? All right, never mind. That might be sweet. be sweet. That might be sweet. Oh, that's exciting. <laughs> I mean, the other thing that blows my mind about the, these final scenes is again, Wes Bentley doesn't emote at all. And I mean, the the main problem with this whole movie is there's no protagonist. You don't give one fuck about this guy who's supposed to be. The protagonist. I mean, I kind of gave a fuck about him just because, you know, he was kind of an audience surrogate because we're all asking the same questions he is and he doesn't have any character <laughs> Where in his am own. I? I didn't care at all. He just didn't react to any of the huge, like, important moments in this movie. He's a total cipher. Yeah. Yeah. Not the uh. good kind of cipher, like the kind Eminem drops in the parking garage. <laughs> <laughs> it's wow, the kind okay. of cipher you just don't want to see. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, weak protagonist, and then you just you feel ripped off because he gets he gets euthanized at the end, and it's like okay, so uh, so what? Like I didn't care. Why did any of this happen? He he should have died in the car crash and saved me an hour and a half. Yeah, seriously, or in four minutes, and and why for amnesia? It's too bad. Like, and wouldn't she hold out? Like, isn't his memory supposed to come back? And if it does, like, he's still gonna be her like accomplice dude husband again, like. I was sort of disappointed by this more than, I don't know, several movies we watch lately because it is well made. It looks good. It has two decent actors in it, at least, and potentially an interesting premise. I was waiting for a cool reveal where I was where I was going to go, wow, okay. It's well made enough that you I was waiting for there a good to twist. be a, a payoff to this yeah. mystery of amnesia. Yeah, but it's not there. Not there. Elizabeth, do you have a final thought? I do. What is the first thing that you all would ask if you woke up from a coma? Oh, I have one. Who's the president? That's a good one. Oh, Jesus. Oh, that's a wrong question to ask. I would ask... It depends on when I wake up. <laughs> I, I guess I would just ask, where am I? Are we supposed to be coming up with jokes? No, it's not a joke. Okay. It's a genuine... Mine was not a joke at all. I'm like, serious. I would probably be like, just where am I if I didn't recognize where I was immediately? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Patrick. I would be like, have we gotten to Z on the fucking podcast yet? Huh. Not gonna happen. No. We're not even to J. <laughs> oh, boy. Elizabeth? I would probably ask, like, what year is it? Or 
what time oh, of a yeah. month is it? Oh, well, that's what if you it really were, need If you know. woke up in this movie, you would not get a definitive answer. I can tell you that. Oh, yeah. She'd be like, 1963. Oh, yeah. Actually, yeah, BC. I take that back. That is the question asked. Not where, but when. Because if you wake up and they're like, oh, it's been 30 years. That's fucked up. That's fucked up. Well, I always think about this because when I was young, there was this story in the news about a guy who woke up from a coma after 17 years, and it was the late 90s, because he'd gone into a coma in 1983, and so I think this was 98 or 99, and he woke up, and the first thing he said is, can I have a Diet Coke? And I was always fascinated, because what a great guy. That's, that's, that's all you want. <laughs> Good thing he wasn't like, can I have a new Coke? <laughs> Can I have a Coke Zero? <laughs> he had no <laughs> idea what any of it was. I just thought that was a nice anecdote. Because it's like, you know what? Simple simple needs. Just immediately integrating back into the real world. Yeah. That, but he didn't know he had had amnesia. Yeah, he thought he just We can't give up. him that much he credit. He thought it was January 2nd, He just woke up and was like, I want to drink. Yeah. I'd probably be thirsty as hell. You'd be mouse as fuck. I'd be mouse as fuck. <laughs> Gerald's game reference. Okay. All right, guys. So... I can't remember what we're watching next week. No, I know what we're watching next week. Anguish. Something we all have some experience with. Yeah, Jesus. Okay, after after watching fucking, fucking movie. When are we watching Anti-Birth? Anti-Birth is after Anguish, but we're not going to get there for a minute because we're watching Anguish. And then we're going to skip for the holidays for December 21st. We're going to go back to one we skipped we skipped it very subtly. You might not have noticed. A Christmas horror story. It's going to be our Christmas movie. We're going to have a special Christmas episode. We're going to have a gift exchange. So if you want to buy <gasps> us something... Send it on over. Send it on over. We'll tweet you our address. We will. And We're going to exchange <laughs> gifts with each other, and maybe we'll even tell you what we got each other on air. And that's going to be a s- extra special episode, because we're also spinning the wheel of death. <gasps> I hope I win again. And so then, for December 28th, we're going to be watching whatever episode Elizabeth picks. Yay! And then, January 4th, <laughs> Anti-Birth. I've been waiting. If it's still on Give Netflix. me some Chloe Semenye up in here. Just... I'm when you say anti-birth, I'm sold. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, next week's anguish. Looking forward to it. Until then, as always, find us on line, anywhere, anywhere. Just look Fa- around, Facebook, find us. Twitter, Instagram, Amoncast on all platforms. What if they Chris, troll us? Yeah. If they troll us, we might troll them back, Steve. Really? A little. A little. Just a little. Just a little. Softly. Just a little bit. I would love to get trolled. Please troll us. But yeah, every horror movie on Netflix.com. Find all our stuff there. Like, subscribe. You know the drill. Leave reviews. Do whatever you gotta do. And we'll see you next week for Anguish. As if we haven't had enough already. For every horror movie on Netflix, I'm Chris. I'm Patrick. Flying Portobello. Turbo Dog. Done. I'm Elizabeth. I'm Steven. See you next time. Boop-a-doo!